I've learned to look at that I'm not completing things off my bucket list and emptying the bucket of those items. I'm actually filling the bucket up with my joy and my experiences. And that as I'm able to do that, that joy spills out of the bucket. The more I fill that bucket up, the more spills out to the people around me. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Crossing It Off podcast. What longtime listeners know about the show, that if this is your first time you may not, is that each episode we take time to listen to a bucket list storyteller share their adventure of crossing something off their bucket list. We talk about the whys, the hows, and the impact that that had on them. Today's going to be a little different. Approaching my 100th episode, I realized I hadn't really shared my bucket list journey with listeners. So I went out and found one of the best podcast hosts I know to help me share my bucket list journey with you and how that developed into this show. Let's start crossing it off. What's going on, guys? I'm Brandon Eastman. I'm the host of the Be Better broadcast, where we talk with experts from all different areas of life to develop strategies and insights and philosophies to help you improve your life. And along that journey on the Be Better broadcast, I met a very special man. And that man, you know him well. His name is Mr. Roger Williams. And Roger is the connoisseur of the bucket list. He lives a bucket list lifestyle. He, We're going to talk about how he got himself on that path. But this is a very special conversation because this marks episode 100 on the Crossing It Off the Bucket List podcast with Mr. Roger Williams. So Roger, I'm honored for the opportunity to interview you on your own show and it's a pleasure to be here, brother. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, Brandon, I appreciate you doing it. Immediately connected with you when I was on your show, and I, and I love listening to your podcast. And so it was a natural fit, I felt, uh, to ask you to do this. I'd say so. Yeah, the honor's mine, brother. So talk to me. You've talked to a lot of people about their bucket list, but have you ever discussed with your listeners how you got yourself on this bucket list lifestyle? I haven't. Uh, most of my episodes really focus on... Uh, other people's story. You're right. And that's been a joy for me. And we'll probably talk about that a little bit later. Um, but every once in a while, I get on the other side of the mic and and share, but I've never shared my story. So it all starts in 2020. It was my 50th birthday year. I was going to celebrate the entire year. Like most Americans, you know, 95% of us would say we have a bucket list, but only 40% have it written down and are doing anything about it. And I was in that you know, top 55%. I, I had this list in my head and, you know, one day I'll do it. And and I just kept pushing stuff off and it turned out to be my 50th year. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm good. This is the year I'm going to start you know, doing all these things I said I was going to do. And blammo, like we all know, 2020 was not a banner year for most people. Mm. And so, you know, I was depressed during that lockdown. I was trying to figure out who I was and what am I doing with my life? Like a lot of people sitting at home trying to work from home and figuring all that out. And at the end of 2020, I had a heart attack and that really precipitated me really thinking about, okay, where do I find myself worth? What do I want to be known for? So often when we meet new people, we say, what do you do? And we typically tell them, what we do to sell our labor and who we sell it to. And that becomes our identity. And I wanted something different. So I decided, okay, I'm I'm not going to do this anymore. I loved my job and it was great. And I got lots of accolades for it, but I just wanted something more out of my life and find ways to bring myself joy. And so 
I got home from the hospital and decided that I was going to change all my social media accounts to my job to be the head crosser offer of my bucket list. And that's kind of where it started. The first thing I did was go on the Camino de Santiago, uh, which is a a 500 mile trek across Northern Spain. And it was big for me. It, It had to be a big, hairy, audacious goal. I have an entrepreneurial spirit and I'm an Aquarius. So follow through in my life has not always been the number one thing that I project. And so I knew I had to do something big. I had to do something that was time consuming, that was financially obtainable, but also, you know, took some time for me to save up the money for it. And it was physically tasking in a lot of ways, Um, mentally tasking, you know, walking 18 to 22 miles a day. And it was just something I had to complete and do. And then when I got done with that, uh, you know, I just said, what's next? You know, a lot of people do the Camino and turn right around and say, oh, I'm going to go do it again. And for me, it wasn't that. It was more of, okay, I did this. What's next? And so I came home, uh, went into work, showed a reel that I had made to a friend of mine. She asked me how uh, my trip was. And I showed her this 30 second reel of selfies that I had taken with all the different people I met along the way. And she gave me my phone back and she said, you look the happiest I've ever seen you. And I was just like, whoa, you know, yes, I'm glad she saw that. I was, I think, I think I was in that experience. Super, super stoked to be alive. Working with her for four and a half years, her never seeing me that happy, you know, was something that really took me back and said, okay, I don't want anybody to meet me that doesn't see me like she saw me in that video with all those people and enjoying that trip. So a month later, I quit my job and decided that I was going to take an adult gap year or career break as people are now calling it. And I said, I'm, I'm just going to do things that, that bring me joy. And so that was centered around my bucket list. What a story. I commend you for number one. I'm glad you're alive. Okay. Because we're, <laughs> we're two and a half years, almost two and a half years after your heart attack. And you arguably have lived more in these last two and a half years than you have in your entire life. And a big part of that is the intention that you had. You created some goals, big, hairy, audacious goals that you called them. And you said something very important. You said you didn't just, you know, do the Camino, but you then asked what's next right? And I think that's a really important question to ask. And after you began living out your bucket list and you continue to ask yourself what's next, I can only imagine that the podcast came into your mind as a thought. And here we are a hundred episodes later. And I mean, the average for podcasters is most people will do three, four, five, maybe six total episodes and they stop. But this is this is a piece of your life's work now. You're at a hundred episodes. How did the podcast fit its way into this this vision that you created? Yeah. So originally I was like, oh, I'm going on this big trip and I'm gonna and I'm gonna meet all these people and they're gonna have bucket list stories as well. And so I'm just going to start this podcast on this journey of walking across Spain and just interview people. And so I, I produced a couple of episodes before I left on the trip. And then when I got on the trip, I just said, oh no, you know, this is, this is my trip. I got to focus on me and do this thing for me. That's what the original tent was. And so I've got to stick to that. Plus these people are out here walking, you know, making their own path and making their own story. And, you know, although I probably could have gotten lots of people to, to sit down and talk with me, I was just like, nah, this is, this isn't the time or the space. This is kind of a, I don't want, I dare to say sacred uh, event. And so I just kind of dropped it and, when I got home, 
I kind of had it in my back pocket, but then when I said, okay, I'm going to take a career break, November of 2021 was when I really decided, okay, I'm going to do this thing. It, it can bring value. I think it can bring value to others and I'm, and I'm going to do this. So that was when I really started full bore. I was part of what I put on my bucket list goals for the show was, like you said, I'm going to do 52 straight, straight weeks of episodes. I, I think it's like 50% of the podcast fade after 10 episodes and 75% fade after 21 episodes. So I knew that consistency and keeping going of telling these stories was invaluable and important, not just for the listeners, but also for me. It brought me joy to hear other people's bucket list stories. And so I wanted to go out and make that happen. And I knew that if I was going to be successful, consistency was one of the major things. So I did from November of 2021 to November 22, 52 straight episodes. Uh, one a week. And then I decided that I'd gotten such a good response from potential guests that starting this year, 2023, I went to two episodes a week. It's a lot of work. Everybody makes a joke. Oh, everybody's grandma's cat has a podcast, which is not true. By the way, (laughs) there aren't that many uh, as comparable to like a YouTube or something else. There's a lot less audio only podcasts out there. I was just like, okay, let's go. Let's let's do this thing full bore and and make it happen. So that's how we got to 100 episodes and counting. I love that. Congratulations on moving to two episodes every week. I know that as for coming from a podcast standpoint, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And like you said, people say, oh, everyone's got a podcast. If you take a look at the amount of podcasts that have more than 10 episodes, like you said, it's a very, very, very small list, right? Consistency is the key in podcasting, but also in life. So I'm curious, you know, this is something a lot of people haven't heard from you and they don't hear from a lot of podcasts they listen to, but one of the major markers of a show, a successful show is looking at the back end and taking a look Mm. at all the analytics, right? That's how you measure your success. I'm curious when you look at those analytics, what is the number or the marker that you are most proud of? Yeah, I think there's two or three, actually. Uh, the first one would be the 100 episodes. Um, we talked about you know, scarcity. Uh, people need to understand 1% of podcasts reach 100 episodes. Uh, that's the statistic. So, so getting to this point today of dropping this episode is a huge major deal. And I'm excited about it and looking forward to growing that. I have a friend that just reached her 300th episode, and uh, I'm super stoked for her. But I want I don't get that. I want, I want to hit that number. And so it's just putting in the time and the effort and you know, getting guests is probably the biggest part of that, as you know, of, mm-hmm. of finding folks. But, but hitting that 100 episode really, really solidifies that I have, a, like you said, almost a body of work, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a body of artwork uh, that, that goes into this. And so I'm very proud of that number. I'm very grateful for the people that have agreed to come on the show. So I, I think out of the 100 episodes, I've had about 97 guests. I've been I've been my own guest a couple of times, but 97 <laughs> guests. And th- there's a lot of work that goes into that. And oh, yeah. you know, it's it's been a, a lot of fun um, reaching that number. Uh, the next one is kind of a unique one. I, I can obsess about the numbers sometimes, like we all do. We all want to watch the pot boil, so to speak. When I open up my hostess services analytics, I have kind of gotten away from like, what's the number today? What's the number of downloads today? What's the number of downloads this week? How this episode mm-hmm. do? 
And the first thing I do is go to the location map. So on my cool. analytics, I can see all the different countries where the show has been downloaded. And so like, that's the number I tried to obsess about instead of the, you know, the download number, which is what most people do. And, you know, to date, there's like 74 countries where this show has been downloaded, uh, which is, you know, and and not just like a couple. There's a lot of little countries where there's been a couple, but like, I think it's like two and a half percent of my downloads come from Japan and one and a half percent come from Taiwan. And if you look at my top 10 countries, I think uh, seven of them are non-English speaking countries. So it's very exciting to me to see that this isn't just, you know, a U.S. thing or my local Seattle thing, that this is something that is large, that it is worldwide. And I've been, I've gotten a couple breaks and been lucky uh, with that uh, by guessing on other people's shows, very mm-hmm. large shows that have international reach and uh, that translated into you know, a very worldly audience for my show. And I'm very, very proud of that. It's very cool. Yeah. I think the last thing that uh, I'm proud of, which is, you know, I've always been kind of hesitant about talking about downloads numbers. Most, (laughs) Most people don't celebrate those milestones because I think that people don't really understand the difference between the the digital medias where, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had a, I've personally had a, uh, real a short video go viral on Instagram. It got 3.2 million views or something like that. Um, and like 140,000 likes, which is fine. But, you know, in the podcast world, it takes a lot longer, <laughs> a lot oh, longer yeah. to reach those kind of numbers. So to sit here and say, I'm excited that roughly when this episode drops or in a couple of weeks, I'll reach about 10,000 downloads. Um, and that is, is a huge. You know, yeah, Brandon smiling and clapping because he gets it. Um, so, you know, because some people will say, oh, you've gotten a reel that's 3.2 million views and only 10,000 downloads. But 10,000 downloads in the podcast world, considering Fantastic. someone sits there and listens uh, to it, the 30 minutes that they do, uh, it's it's a big deal. And so I'm, I'm excited for that number and glad that I've been able to reach it in the number of episodes that I've released. So Absolutely. Yeah, so, you, you so might have exciting. a certain number of downloads for a full episode, but it's very hard to measure the amount of downloads or the success in terms of numbers for a podcast. It's possible, but it's more difficult because then you promote clips that then get 3 million views and you've got all these other clips that you post. So you're getting a bunch of different views from a bunch of different angles and formats. But like you said, people are sitting down or in, in podcast world, they're walking or they're at the gym or they're driving and they're listening to this long form piece of content Mm -hmm. all around the world, which is incredible. It's not just like you said in Seattle, but you've got someone in Japan and Taiwan. And I'm curious, what do you think it is that attracts people the most to a show such as yours about crossing things off the bucket list? What do you think keeps people coming back for the next episode and the next story? A lot of that I think has to do with the inspiration that people can find in the stories we have have really good guests um, that tell good stories, whether the item that someone's crossed off their list that they're sharing as a guest on the show relates to the person listening. I think they can still find encouragement and empowerment for their own list. You know, we, in the show, we talk a lot about people's whys and how that personally affected them and transformed them. And I think that's the key to bringing people back 
is that it may not be you're interested in getting Arnold Schwarzenegger's autograph, or you may not be interested in swimming with sharks, or you may not be interested in being a professional mermaid. That's fine, (laughs) right? Uh, Everybody's list is their list. But even if those things aren't on your bucket list, uh, each episode, you're going to find inspiration and learn something new about why somebody else put something on their bucket list. And that can change how you look at yours. And so I think that's why people keep coming back that it's not necessarily for the stories. I can't go through my analytics and say "Mm, this type of, you know, travel stories are better than personal stories or better than skills stories or anything like that. It's, it's more of people come back to learn how someone else did it. And although they may not want to be in a balloon over Cappadocia, the process that they go through to complete those bucket list items, I think is what people keep coming back to here and the transformation that those people have had and the inspiration that they can find there. Yeah. I, there's a big difference between I want to do this thing. This is a goal. This is a dream of mine, which is very important. And someone who actually has already completed something that's on their bucket list. Right. So when people tune in, they know that it's not someone talking about what they want to do, but it's someone who talks about what they've Mm. already done and everyone who's already done something. There was a time when they didn't do it. And there was a time where it was just a seedling of an idea that they then took action towards and made a reality. So it's very much not just people crossing things off their list, but your show is really an encapsulation of human desire and human action coming into fruition and becoming something real. And I think that everyone can relate to wanting something and turning it into a reality. So really your show is, it's a piece of magic. It's a very magical, it's just, it's a magical show compared to like, you know, true crime or no offense (laughs) to those types of shows. Right. But when you leave crossing it off and you, and you leave an episode there, you, you feel inspired to either put something on your list or make progress towards something that you have on your list. Yeah. And that's what makes the numbers somewhat irrelevant (laughs) because I I understand the impact of telling that story. And that's really what I'm passionate about doing. And and so I'm excited to be able to get that, to do that a couple of times a week. Yeah. And some people might not know this about you, but you come from the education space, Mm -hmm. which is very cool. So just real quickly, for those who don't know, what did you, what role did you play in the education space? So I was a youth pastor for a while. I was, I ran a nonprofit uh, that was designed for high school and college students to help get them uh, involved in volunteering. And my last job in that career was um, working for a TRIO grant program at a community college here in Seattle, where I helped high school students um, succeed in high school and prepare to get the skills they need to be successful in college and get their college degree. And all the students that I worked with were either low income or first gen. So that's kind of the array of different things that I've done over the past 30 years to, to help young people. In any of those roles, did you ever think that we'd be here today on your podcast? Oh, no. On the 100th episode? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't listen to podcasts before I started this podcast. I did. I had no idea what it was and I had gotten the idea for it and called up a buddy of mine who does listen to probably, you know, nine to 12 different podcasts a week at least. And I said, here's this idea I have for the show. What do you think? And he said, oh, it's perfect. And I said, why do you say that? And he said, because 
I have literally been in your presence where you make friends with a stranger and get them to tell you their story. He said, I've watched you do that. <laughs> and that's all you're talking about doing. It's just, you know, meeting somebody new and getting them to tell you their story. And he said, it'll, it'll work. It'll work fine. So I, I took him at his word <laughs> and said, okay, I'll try. And and we got here to hundred episodes. Yeah. It just goes to show that the skills you take and develop in those earlier stages of life build and compound to aid you in the future pursuits that you have where you are now, which is really cool. You kind of touched on what your future goal is for the podcast just a little bit. I know there's more there, but at the very beginning, what was your goal with the podcast and how has it changed to today? Yeah, I think I was in that artsy mood when I first started, like, oh, I'm just going to do this for me and I'm going to put it out there. If anybody listens, fine. Uh, but but it was really about me trying something new and saying, okay, can, can I do this? Um, is there something there? And I didn't really obsess about the numbers and, and didn't really worry about it. Now I think I'm a little more uh, savvy of understanding what I have. The podcast game is a, is a long tail game, right? I mean, you as you grow, you get you know major downloads when you release an episode, but over time, you know it slowly fades out. But still, uh, I've been very surprised that you know my first episode, a hundred episodes ago, still gets listens to every month by somebody new. Somebody somebody new is downloading that episode, so uh, they would say that the content is very evergreen so to speak, that's going to last. It's going to stay fresh. And um, that's kind of surprised me. And, and I've been excited about that. You know, it is a body of work and it deserves to be curated well Mm -hmm. and um, produced well. And so I think I spend, I don't spend more time editing and doing everything, but I, but I'm more careful. Uh, One of the things that I really love doing is, interviewing people that don't have anything to promote. It's not that I don't want folks to come on that want to promote stuff, but when I have somebody that just comes on out of pure joy, uh, that doesn't really have a book or another podcast or whatever it is that I take a lot of time in making sure they sound good. (laughs) Take some time to make myself sound good. Although I'm getting a lot better at it. You know, it's the, the thing about doing the reps, right? The more often you do it, the better you get at it. I don't have 10,000 hours into this yet, but I do have a lot of time. And so I think I've gotten my editing process down to about uh, two minutes for every minute I record, which is pretty good. And uh, at the same time, I also don't obsess about quality or, you know, the sound. I want it to sound good. I don't want people to have an enjoyable experience in their ears when they hear it, but I'm not going to spend tons of time, you know, or money buying the best equipment and the and the best editor and farming out somebody that's a professional quote unquote. So I think I've, I've kept that DIY sentiment um, as I've gone forward. Uh, At the same time, I do want it to be good. I do want it to be worthy of someone's time to, to listen to it. If you could put more time into making episodes even more incredible where would you place that time? Let's say someone did the editing. Someone you had, you had an entire team who did things even better than you do. And you didn't have to worry about those and you could focus on your superpower and your strength. What would that be? 
Here at the Crossing It Off Podcast, we are passionate about inspiring you in your bucket list lifestyle and empowering you to live out your list. We offer many resources to assist you in your bucket list journey, such as web resources in the show notes, bucket list mentoring services, my book, Live Out Your Lists, a private Facebook group for you to share your bucket list success stories with others, and more. All of these can be found at crossingitoffpodcast.com. Find the resource that fits your need so that you can live out your list. Now back to the show. I believe I'm pretty good at being a curious person. So the actual interviews tend to go well. A lot of times, you know, I don't edit till about a week before an episode drops, but I may have recorded it two and a half months ago. And so I've done a bunch since then. And so when I go back to edit, I'm like, oh, I don't remember this episode being very good or the content (laughs) being very good. But then when I edit it, I'm just like, oh, wow, this is awesome. This is really good. So at some level, I have a little bit of skill of being able to ask the right questions. At another level, if people listen to multiple episodes, they're going to see a pattern. I I definitely have an order that I ask the same kind of questions and, uh, you know, try to, to switch them up a little bit, but kind of stay on the same path as the show has a rhythm. I hope if I had more time, I probably would spend more time creating questions um, okay. for, for guests that are probably a little bit sharper or a little bit more in depth. Um, I mean, I like what we produce, but at the same time, it was like, that's when, because I want people stories to matter. So one of the things I do that I've never, it's never happened to me. I've done probably 50 or 60 other people's podcasts. And one of the things I do that's never happened to me as a guest is that I tell my guests before we start recording, um, once we're done and we say goodbye, I'm going to keep recording because I want to ask you, did we miss anything? And so every time I mean, we get done, we say goodbye. Thanks for coming. Um, thanks for having me. And then I say, is, is there anything else? Sometimes it happens, but rarely does that happen. And so I I want the stories that are told to be authentic to the person telling them. And yeah. That's my main goal. And so anything I can do to enhance that, I think is is something that I want to spend time doing. How do you see crossing it off the bucket list evolving, moving forward with all that you've learned and you know the learnings from mistakes or the learnings from what went well? How do you see the show evolving? Wow. I mean, the first thing would definitely be, you know, uh, listeners, you know, more listeners. <laughs> that's the goal now is to get as many folks to listen to the show as possible. I think that's super important. Yeah. I think that the interview is getting better. And I think, again, it goes back to doing the reps when you're in the gym. I, I didn't do this. You know, you talked about what I did before <laughs> I started the podcast and this was not, you know, I don't come from radio. I don't come from TV, although I was you know, fortunate enough to go to a high school that had a pretty much a professional radio station, took a year of radio, wow. but you know, that was, geez, you know, almost 40 years ago. And so I didn't have those skills. So I'm looking forward to that improving, just me improving. And, and I know that every day and every time I do it, every time I put in another rep, every time I interview another guest, I get better. And that's important to me. Um, I'm never going to stop trying to improve me because it all falls on me. <laughs> you know, I do it all. And so maybe one day I'll be able to hand the editing off to someone and the social media and those kind of things. That'd be awesome. Uh, but until then, I'm going to continue to try to 
strive to be definitely the best host I can be. That's very clear. It's a very great goal. Improving every day 1%. I love it. Time for a big question. Okay. Over over the course of these 97 guests that you've had conversations with, uh, I'm sure that your idea of a bucket list or your idea of what success or fulfillment in life has either shifted or changed or you've come up with new insights. How has your concept or idea of the bucket list changed after speaking with so many people who've lived out their own bucket list? Yeah, my goal is to help people figure out how to find themselves joy. Right? And a bucket list, you can call it anything you want. I don't care. You can call it a life goal list. You can call it my to-do list. You can, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just using the term bucket list. But for me, the, it's a great analogy because I've learned to look at it that I'm not completing things off my bucket list and emptying the bucket of those items. I'm actually filling the bucket up with my joy and my experiences. And that as I'm able to do that, that joy spills out of the bucket. The more I fill that bucket up, the more spills out to the people around me. And I think that that's really important. We talk, we hear people talk about self-care all the time and and doing these things to make us feel good. Um, But for me, the bucket list is the perfect way to do that because Mm -hmm by filling that bucket up with those experiences and those events and those skills and all those things that make you happy and joyful, it's hard not for that to spill over into the lives of the people around you to be a better, you know, husband, wife, partner, to be a better father, to be a better son, to be a better employee, to have those experiences in your life that bring you so much joy that that spills over onto other people. I think, is the ultimate goal for me. Yeah. It sounds like the bucket list in itself is a vehicle Mm. to obtaining that joy. And again, call it whatever you want, but by having that direction, by having something to look forward to, you know, particularly something that's not (laughs) easy to accomplish, right? Going to the Chinese restaurant for lunch might be uh, something you put on the to-do list, but it might not necessarily be a bucket list item. I feel that innately we know, you know, what is that bucket list item, but speaking on that vein, because you have a lot of people returning to each show and listening each show, if you could look into the camera and ask your listener three things, what would you ask your listener with that opportunity? Uh, the, the first thing I would I would do is you know say be a guest, <laughs> be a guest on the show. I I love again uh, interviewing people that that have no motive except to share their story, and I'll make you. Sound great as, as much as I can. I'll take out the ands and the ums and the pauses and all that stuff. Uh, I've gotten some praise from some people go, wow, you, you made me sound good. I'm just like, <laughs> yep, that's that's the goal. But I take a little extra care in that when it's somebody that doesn't have anything to promote. And so I would definitely say be a guest on the show. Yeah, if you've crossed something off your bucket list and you're excited about it, that's all it takes, right? It doesn't take any, you know, great storytelling abilities. I'll help you do that. But yeah, just come and be a guest. I think is the number one thing for me is just, I, I, not that I'm hurting for guests, but I just love interviewing people that, you know, their pure motive is to, is to share. So yeah. a, a friend of mine, Scott was on the show. He took a road trip down highway one, the Pacific coast highway with some friends of his. And it, it was, it was a great episode. It was awesome. 
He's not a professional speaker. This is not what he mm-hmm. does. And he came on and shared it. And it was just, it was just really good. It was, it was because it was, he was passionate about it. It wasn't to promote anything. It was just passion. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I think there's something special, especially in what you said about interviewing people without the motive or without the course or the book, not saying that's bad because you can speak right. to many great people who've achieved something in their life who do have something to promote, but there's there's no strings attached vibe that comes along with someone that's not just making the podcast rounds. And if you're listening, reach out to Roger and you can be a guest mm-hmm. in one of the episodes as well. What about number two? What, what's the next thing that you would ask your audience? Yeah. If you have an episode that's like really like sticks inside you, that's gotten you passionate and that you're excited about share it. Oh my gosh. It doesn't take a lot to share. <laughs> just copy the link and and share away ever all the apps have a share button on them it doesn't take even if it's just to one other person right just share the episodes um yes i want this to monetize this and yes i want to get to the point where i have tens of thousands of people listening but i just want people to be uh, excited about bringing joy to themselves and if there's an episode that's you know really stuck with the listener share it if you're passionate about it, there's a reason share that passion. And so, yeah, it's, it's one of the easiest ways people can support the show. You heard it guys share the show. And what would the third thing be? Yeah. The last one is kind of a weird one because it is asking for something from the listener, really asking something from them for, to me, it's strange ask, but you know, rating and reviewing the show is the Mm -hmm. absolute number one way that podcasts grow. It, it is not me advertising on social media. It's not me posting on social media. It's it's not even me being on other people's shows, although that's a, a really good one. It really is if you find something valuable here, the best way that you can add value back is to rate the show and review the show on the app that you're using to listen listen to it. And it seems like it's, it's a simple ask. It only takes like one or two minutes. You don't have to write uh, an essay you can write two or three sentences and be done and walk away and and it really makes a huge impact for the show and other people that um, might also enjoy it can find it because ranking in their search engines is the number one way people find new shows so i yeah it shouldn't it shouldn't be a big deal but it seems to be for some reason Yeah, I think that reminder is huge, just letting them know, hey, it really helps us if you leave that rating and you review the show. So guys, go do that now. You know, go on (laughs) Apple Podcasts, you know, wherever you listen, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen, go on there and just take a second to rate it because by doing that, you never know who could listen to an episode that changes their life entirely and they go on to do a podcast or share their story or make a difference in the world. So you could be creating in yourself as a guest, the chain reaction that helps even so much more people than you could ever anticipate. Roger, this has been a fantastic conversation. And you talk to people about what's on their bucket list or their to-do list or whatever you want to call it. But when's the last time someone's actually asked you what's on your I'm going to ask you right now. What's the next exciting thing that you're going to cross off your personal bucket list? I hesitate when people ask me, it's going to ask every guest this question, but I hesitate to ask it on my end. You know, it's your list. So I, I don't want to create FOMO in anyone, um, but I also, you know, like to inspire, which I think is good. So 
I will share. I am currently working on taking a road trip with my best friend of 40 years. And um, we're going to attempt to travel the entire length of North America and South America through the Pan American Highway. So it's about 14,000 miles and it'll probably take us about a month, 30 to 35 days. We're still looking into it. So um, the the world record is 10 hour, 10 days and 17 hours. We are not going to attempt to break the, the world record <laughs> for sure, uh, but we are going to attempt to raise about $150,000 for a charity uh, in wow. the process. So yeah, so I'm, I'm in the currently planning that probably for 2024. Um, We've got a couple charities picked out and we need to talk to them and uh, see what their level of interest is and what kind of resources they can provide, but also what we can bring to the table too. So uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, It's somebody that is vastly different than me, but at the same time, we do a really good job of uh, sharing empathy for one another. And so I think that that trip will be pretty crazy, but exciting and also fulfilling. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it starts in Dead Horse, Alaska, and travels all, which is on the northern side of Alaska. And it goes all the way down to, I forget the name of the Argentinian town, but it's like basically on the tip, bottom tip of Argentina. So it's the full length. Fantastic. It's one thing to accomplish something for yourself or take a trip with someone else. It's another thing to add contribution to the overall mission itself. And this isn't to say that everyone needs to add contribution to theirs. You know, it can just be for you and that's okay. But it's really cool, especially that part of you raising, you know, a goal of $150,000 for these different charities. Whose idea, how did that idea form? How did it come into fruition? Was it your friend? Was it you? How did you come about creating that bucket list? Yeah. So like, I like to say my bucket list is a living document so I can add (laughs) things to it. I can cross things off of it that I've completed, or I can just take things off in general. And so I'm constantly always kind of looking for what that next thing is. And so while I was in London last year, I interviewed a guest for the show. That's a a long standing family friend. My, one of my other friends, it's his sister. And we were talking about bucket lists and she said that, her, a friend of hers had uh, to do the Mongol rally on her list. And the Mongol rally before lockdown was like a 13,000 mile trip that started in England and went through Turkey and Iran and Kazakhstan and Mongolia to a small city in Russia. But the whole premise is, is that you raise money for charity, but you're also not allowed to use a, use a car that's uh, engine is larger than 1.2 liters, which if people understand cars is not a very good car. It's, it doesn't have a lot of power. It's, you know, it's, it's a small hatchback kind of car, um, which is the whole kind of selling point of, of the rally. Uh, they currently, because of geopolitical concerns, can't run that same route. And so mm-hmm. I've been talking to some other friends about doing it. And then saw that that they're going to be changing the route this this 2023 and 2024, and so okay. I kind of backed away from that and said, you know, um, I'd like to do it with my my other friend. I'd like to do it with my buddy of 40 years, and uh, if we can't do that 
then what's the equivalent kind of to that? And so in doing some research, the Pan American Highway and said, well, this, this might work. One, we don't have to travel a long ways to start it. Um, and we don't need visas. And as Americans, we don't need visas in any 13 countries we'd be driving through, just need a passport. Uh, yeah. so, so planning's pretty simple. Um, the biggest issue with the Pan American Highway is that it has a gap in it that there's no way to traverse. So the Southern Panama and Northern Colombia, where they connect is deep, dense jungle, and there's no roads that, that go through it. Absolutely none. So we have to figure out how to put our car in a shipping container and ship it to Colombia from Panama this is the one of the biggest logistical things going on with it. But, but it's doable. It's definitely doable. Yeah. It just goes to show too, that plans can change after you create them. Yes. And even along the way, you might have those hiccups and roadblocks, but that's again, where preparation comes into play mm. that you're, you're already thinking far ahead here at what you can do. But even if you encountered that during the trip itself, like knowing you and knowing the spirit of the bucket list, you figure it out step-by-step step as you go. You don't have to have the entire, entire thing coursed out, but it is good to be prepared. So it's, it's yeah. good that you look yeah. ahead. This bucket list item, a lot of it has to do with in my intention for my list. I'm a big supporter that you have an overall arching intention for your entire list that helps you create the list, guides you in creating lists, and then can help you cross things off if you have that intention. And so for me, my intention for my bucket list is um, community. So it's either to build non-existent community or reinforce existing community. And so this kind of does both those things at the same time. I'm doing it with my buddy of 40 years, but we're creating this community of donors uh, for a charity. We're going to be impacting communities directly through the, the donations. So it hits on all cylinders for me. So it's easy for me to get excited and passionate about doing it because it is my intention, right? To grow community and to meet new people along the drive and, you know, all those things, it's, it's a no brainer, you know, the logistics of it will happen, but the, the intent and the why behind it is simple because I have that intention. Yes. And it's very clear that community is your word and your overall intention. <sighs> Because I've never had any person that I've met over the last few years introduce me to so many incredible people to have on my show. And even the fact that you reached out and said, hey, would you like to be a part of the 100th episode and ask me about my bucket list and the journey? Like, I again, you know, you laugh when I said I was honored to be here, but I truly am honored to be here. And it's clear that people in general are a giant staple of your life and surrounding yourself with those great people. And for those listening, I know that you know this already about Roger, unless this is the first episode you're listening to, which is incredible. You've gotten a great taste at what this show can offer, but go and, and support Roger. And he's not going to ask you himself. He kind of did earlier, but go and support Roger, rate and review this show so more people can see it. More people can be introduced to this concept of living intentionally, creating goals, but even more so creating a bucket list is something to look forward to. And I'm just honored to be here, Roger. And I'd like to, we're not done. We're not wrapping it up yet. This is the, this is the kind of getting there. Is there anything that we've missed in this conversation today? Is there anything else you'd like to add? The only thing I might add is just that I really do enjoy and love this. I genuinely, yes, I would like to make money off of it at some point. Yes. I would, you know, I would like to be known as a thought leader in this sector 
of of wellness and and self-improvement but at the same time i just love doing it i'm grateful to my partner who you know doesn't allow me to but supports me in that process i think that's also been part of my angst of you know previous relationships is i didn't feel supported in what i was doing and so it was easy to drop things and not pursue them and and so having someone that says hey yeah do this it's good do it uh, is is huge for me mm-hmm. um and i just want folks to know that i'm here i'm not going anywhere and i love to interact with people uh, build community i'm looking at ways to build the, the listener community stronger um in the future and it i just i'm, I'm not going anywhere <laughs> Yeah, I love this. I love talking to people. I love hearing their stories. I love learning. I learn as I host the show that I learn about new items that I can cross off my list. I learn about new intentions that people have for their lists that are different than mine. Yeah, I love people. And and this is one of the best ways in the last 53 years that I've found to really highlight that and and bring it to the forefront and to other people. You're also a great staple to people who might think it's too late to reinvent themselves Mm. and to take a different path in life and to go travel and to go explore and live out your dreams. And you are inspiring people to do that with every episode that you host and every guest that you interview and speak with. And again, brother, I'm just glad to have met you and have been introduced to you. And I'm honored to have had this opportunity to chat with you on the 100th episode. Heck yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you you've done an awesome job, and I knew you would. That's why I asked. Uh, I appreciate you greatly. And you know, sometimes when you put yourself out there into the world, people don't respond. And in my opinion, I'm grateful for the ones that do. You're one of those people, and I, you know, whatever I can do for you, right back at you. Thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. The honor's mine. Thank you, Roger. Congratulations. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it. <laughs>